2: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next
1: adventure on fishing booker
2: this is dsc's untamed heritage
0: dsc's untamed
2: heritage is brought to you by dallas safari club conservation education protecting hunters rights ruger Rugged, reliable firearms. Hardity. Accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon. Brilliant aiming solutions. Burnham Brothers Calls. as Calls Made. Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products. The scent gods. www.trailingthehuntersmoon.com The hunter conservation website. Of all places, I'm on the ranch today, the FTW Ranch with Mr. Tim Fallon, who uh, started this ranch several years ago, and and, uh, it's become known really kind of worldwide for a lot of different things, including the shooting school that's out here, but there's more to the ranch as well beyond all that. And I'm laughing kind of halfway because we've got Tim, and I've just given him a, a big piece of mint to put in his mouth, so I'm, I'm having to talk a little bit longer to have for him to clear his mouth where we can visit. I'm fine, Larry. I'm <laughs> fine. Tim and I spent a lot of time together in hunting camps and a few other places, but to always visit day just a little bit about the FTW Ranch and the Sportsman All-Weather, All-Terrain Marksmanship Training, Tim, what, what? This is the FTW. How did the FTW come about? Well, Larry. By the way, it's very nice to be
3: with you again, buddy. It's my pleasure, me. Really we have be. been around the world a time or two, and we we've had been we've a few had places some fun together. Yeah. Well, um, Larry, <clears throat> I purchased the ranch in 1996, the first half of it, and there's been three acquisitions since. Um, and it was done. Uh, I purchased the ranch. My excuse at the time was. I was going to use it to entertain our clients or our corporate clients at the time. But the thought process in mind of of having a hunter training facility, um, there was nothing in the world available to where the average hunter can go train to get ready for his hunts. Um, I know because I looked because I needed it too. Um, And was on a 1999 Zimbabwe hunt, and the catalyst for this Mm -hmm. thing really was... uh, there was a gentleman in camp from New Jersey, an attorney, with a brand new double gun on an elephant hunt, and never fired his gun.
2: Never fired his gun before never he got before there. Never fired before he got before there. He got before there. he even got to the hunt. Before
3: he got there. Wow! And I thought you have got to be kidding me. So, came back, did home, came home, did some more research, and it took us till 2005 to get the program launched. I knew I needed to live here full time, and I had sold my business in 2000 and worked for them for four years and then finally moved out here at the end of 04. Um, And we launched the program off test program. Was very fortunate to meet a couple of retired Navy SEAL snipers. Um, And together we put together the program, and of course it's evolved now to 32 active ranges, and we run 48 weeks a year and about 700 students a year, including uh, 12 weeks of our year are actually our nation's military snipers, Tier 1 snipers. So it's turned into a bundle of fun.
2: And a lot of work, too, isn't it? It, it is but a lot of fun work, work, but, but it's not work, work if you love it. Yeah. You're exactly right. You, you call this the Sportsman All-Weather, All-Terrain yeah. Marksmanship. How did you come up with that name, and what does that name or that title mean to you? Well, to me it means this is a, it's a unique facility, as
3: you know. Uh, the property is one of a kind. Uh, it's, there's nothing flat about the ranch It's nothing but mountains and and we started, the first program we started was Sam Precision and so the name really evolved from the precision concept meaning elk hunting goat hunting, sheep type training hunting um, and and we designed it so that regardless of the weather or the terrain, this would be practical training for the average hunter, be it a flatlands antelope hunt or a, in the mountains of Tajikistan after one of the the rare Marco Polo goats or a, you know, Marco Polo sheep Right. Um, so we wanted it to encompass training between those two extremes and I think with this what makes there's many things that make this a unique course and fun number one most importantly we keep it fun regardless right. whether you're brand new or whether you're a Weatherby award winner it doesn't matter um, <clears throat> and we've never had anybody leave here that didn't say this was just a barrel of monkeys and it, it, it is it's a lot of fun uh, my philosophy is if you're not having fun doing this, you're not learning. and so, You're not learning, and you ought
2: to really be somewhere else yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you how many ranges are on this property? 32 ranges, and we're building three more right now. Building three more. And for folks who are not familiar with what Barksdale—now, you're not in Barksdale. You're out kind of in the middle between a lot of places, but kind of in the edge of the Texas Hill Country to where you get lots of relief, lots of steep canyons, lots of steep hills— interesting wind conditions Mm -hmm. and this ranch is laid out such that uh on any given day you can have the wind almost in your face left right behind you so you get a chance to play with the wind a lot as well too right because of the canyons and the shape
3: of the ranch and the the prevailing eastern winds um you can literally be on a on a range with a with a left hand wind and you're going to have a right hand hole down range of a thousand yards so um, the 32 ranges, Larry, are everything from the dangerous game. One of our dangerous game, many dangerous game courses, is being charged by elephants and buffaloes up close and personal. And we have a, a 25-yard moving mover course and a 100-yard mover course and a 350-yard mover course and a 500-yard mover course. Those are more military-oriented, obviously. But the, the, after the precision course in 2009, we developed the safari course. And that is basically two days. The first two days is. Let's
2: come back. Let's talk about the precision okay. Like, okay, I'm a. I'm, let's say I maybe I've had a little bit of hunting experience. Maybe I've had a little bit of mm-hmm. shooting experience. But I am finally saved up enough money to where I am going to go on the outfitted hunt. Right. So, take me through some of the paces that. If I come in and says, Tim, I really need to know more about my guns, I need to know about the scopes, I need to know about the ammo, and I need to know about my abilities with it, with being able to do it, kind of take me into somebody that's just come to the SAM course for the first time that's relatively new to hunting and shooting, or maybe even somebody that's had a lot of experience.
3: That's a really good question, Larry. There's two things I'd like to say up front. Number one, we're gear neutral. We love all gun scopes and bullets, so we're not going to try to sell you anything. We're going to get you better with your gear. And number two, everything you learn here is a way. There's none of this, oh, this is the only way to do something. That's a bunch of crap. I mean, there's lots of ways to do things. And we're going to show people lots of ways and do, and it's their job to decide which one works best for them. Right. Depending on the given circumstance and, you know, the events of that that moment, if you will. Um, So they're going to come in. Typically, normally, folks arrive on a Friday evening. Um, Sometimes that changes up throughout the year, depending on our military schedule. They're gonna relax, get to know their other fellow students, um, which is a funny story. Remind me to tell you about later about meeting meeting eleven other students um, that you didn't know before you got here, and they just become the best of friends. It's really it's really neat. (laughs) That I can
2: understand.
3: Anyways, they go through an in brief that night. Uh, We relax, have a nice meal, um, get everybody oriented to here's the events that's going to happen over the next couple days. Um, first thing we, we do Saturday morning is uh, we'll start, go through about two hours of class. And what we're doing there, and, and look, many folks come here and they've heard a lot of these things before, but I've never had a person yet with a ton of experience say, you know what, I didn't learn a thing. Everybody has said, you know, I didn't know that.
2: Well, I'm gonna interrupt you right there okay. because in the years that I lived in Uvalde, I came up here a lot and I have mm-hmm. done a lot of shooting, a lot of different places, a lot of different ways. And every time I came up, I always learned something. Mm-hmm. And it, most time it wasn't just something, it was many things. So now Well I'll you know,
3: Larry, as you well L- know, you don't know what you don't know. And you're right. And we do or this we forget sometimes, right, too. Right. And we've now been at this what, fifteen years. Yes, sir and thousands of students, and so we learn a lot from every student that comes through here too. So it's an opportunity, and you know, this equipment has evolved and changed so rapidly. And continually does. And continually does. So as we go through two hours of class, and what we're really doing there is getting everybody on the same sheet of music, so they understand what a mill means, or a minute means, or here's a turret of a scope, and a lot of people don't understand that many scopes have a reticle inside, and you can actually use that as a tool for bullet drop. So we get kind of get everybody in the same sheet of music, and we show them a way to clean a gun that works here. Um, it's fast and efficient. That takes about an hour, and generally speaking, by the time we have lunch on the first day, we've been through the principles of marksmanship, which is after cleaning, and then everybody has a chance to get a good hundred-yard zero. Now, generally speaking, the newer the student, or like, for instance, women and children, they after. After like six rounds at the 100-yard line, they're going to be shooting groups that are unbelievable. And it's the guys that <laughs> really think they know what they're doing usually end up struggling a little more. Yeah, or what oftentimes, what oftentimes bad. happens, people, Larry, you know, they pull their gun out once a year and they shoot a 100-yard target. And right. they get a two-inch group, and all oh, that's good enough for a 100-yard shot at a deer. Well, that, that, you're right. But now, all of a sudden, they're getting this training, and they realize, you know, I'm more capable of shooting a lot better group than that and pretty soon they discover their gun really didn't like their ammo. So we have stocked lots of different kinds of ammo to get people through the course, but we'll do an ammo test, typically four or five different kinds of bullets and different loads, and all of a sudden that gun's shooting a half-inch group instead of a two-inch group. So we go through that process. Generally speaking, by the end of the first day, uh, after lunch we'll go back out to what we call one of our true many truing ranges, which is typically out 700 yards. And what we're doing is dialing in scopes out, And we'll start at reconfirm 100 yards, and then we'll go to two, and then two fifty, and then three, and three fifty, and four. And what we're doing is verifying a range card that we built for their bullet and their gun and their scope. And so, which we do while they're in class. Then, and again, we're not promoting shooting animals at 700 yards. But look, here's at the end of the day, the average person coming through here. Is getting trained to go on a goat hunt or a sheep hunt or even a Marco Polo hunt or, or you know some or some type and I'm and I'm talking precision now.
2: Yes, yeah,
3: right. Uh, but even safari, we we, uh, we start with the basics and get them comfortable and understanding the principles of marksmanship and really what we're doing sublimely is turning this into muscle memory. Yes. So they're they're yes. getting they're getting you know they, they build a good house which is a term we use here. They're getting comfortable behind the gun, getting good bone support getting acceptable reticle movement, trigger control, follow through, et cetera, et cetera. There's seven steps. We break the principles of shooting into seven easy steps. So, you know, that's one thing to do it at 100 yards all day, but that doesn't really, it it, it decreases the amount you learn, whereas if you start stepping it out to 200 and 300 and four and five and six and, and seven, all of a sudden, you know, if you're shooting a one-inch group at, at an inch, or excuse me, at 100 yeah, yards, right. a one-inch group, well, that's a 7-inch group at 700 yards. Yes, sir. Now, if you're trying to hit a 9-inch kill zone, that becomes very difficult. <laughs> so what we're trying to do is help people understand the importance of the principles of marksmanship. And the further out you go, they become more and more important. And so it's it's not uncommon to see, for instance, a person stuck at 100 yards. They're not going to get better than a 1-inch group. And we, we're watching them shoot, and we know... We know their are gun and bullets more capable of this, but, but they've just got bad habits they're trying to get over. Sometimes we'll just say, okay, go with it. Just run them out. And pretty soon they get all the way out 700 yards and they might, they've missed a few targets, but they've learned a lot. And they understand the importance of breathing and, and everything else that we teach them. They would come back to 100 yards and I'll be darned, they're shooting a half inch group. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just fun. So, and, and so they're, everybody's they're so learning great. themselves is yeah, what, absolutely, they're, doing. I absolutely mean, what they they're
2: doing at that point. Right, right, uh, right. Interesting, interesting. I mean, we've done some of that several different times. Okay, now we, we've got them here, you've got them in the classroom, you go through that, you come back, you do shooting, and then you do, after you trude that gun out to a certain distance, mm-hmm. Which is so much fun if you haven't ever done it before. Even if you've done it before, it's great fun. After that, you put them through different other paces. Do you not? We do. And and, and we'll keep the the dangerous game course a little bit separate here, and we'll come back to that in a second. Good. Good. So okay, we, we we they've learned some of the the. the about themselves they've learned about their gun they've learned about how to breathe how to, how to manipulate the trigger right. uh, how to build the house is what you described getting right. really good solid on and most of the time you're having people shoot from prone to begin with don't you we do. we do day one is prone if you have a physical um, impairment where you can't shoot
3: prone because you have a, might have a neck surgery or something then we have benches on the range too right. we try not to use the benches because I've never seen one in the field <laughs> So I haven't either. I wish there that yeah, a little yeah, one, but I've never yeah, found one yet. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, look, the prone position is your most stable shooting platform, and it just basically it is. Yes, sir. And so it's good yes, to sir. learn that. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'd like to stop here and say, I've heard a lot of people say, well, why am I learning in the prone? I never shoot that in Africa. Uh, sorry, I disagree. I do, too. I've my, shot- my two trips to Africa last year, over 50% of my shots, I was prone.
2: I shot a cape buffalo for prone as well, yeah. too. So, if you know how to do it, absolutely. you're going to use it if you can use it. Absolutely. To me, it's that very precise bullet placement it, that you're trying exactly. to do. I know everywhere you go here, you've got one placard or saying everywhere you go, something about making what with one shot? the first no, shot? It's
3: the hunter's job to kill the animal instantly with one shot. That Amen. is our job. Amen. Doesn't always happen, but no, it, but that's it, what should, you it for. is a good goal. Exactly. That's that's exactly.
2: Right. Okay, so, we've, we've, never, so we've, got, we've got them shooting the prone, and we've gone through the basics. Then you've got a series of drills that these guys get to Oh, Lord. Yeah, you,
3: n- are, you generally need a vacation after four days of this. Well, you do. So, so um, on that evening, everybody comes back, relaxes, thinks about what happened during the day. A lot of people go back and check their manual again, and all of a sudden, all the pieces of the puzzle are starting to fit together. And we tell people, don't overthink this up front. Everything that we, we teach, we will train. We don't throw you a bunch of crap and expect you to remember that. That's not fair. Um,
2: and you mentioned the manual, because there's a manual that comes with everybody. Oh, it's in. very, very intense very manual. well done. Thank I you. Mean, to tell you, there is no other manual out there that's as, that even comes close to this as far as i concerned. Yeah, I'm uh, thank you.
3: Well, it, uh, <clears throat> then day two, we're gonna launch in the morning. Uh, back into the classroom, typically for about 30 minutes, and we're gonna review the range cards we've built you. And so I will tell you up front, 50% of the range cards we started with on day one need to be changed, because we don't know your true ballistic characteristics of the gun, we don't know the real velocity without chronographing, and we don't like using chronographs because it just sucks up a lot of time. And it doesn't really matter what the velocity is at the muzzle, what matters is what the velocity and the ballistic is at target impact, exactly. So we true them versus using a chronograph. Um, chronographs are great tools, don't get me wrong, but it's just in this class environment it works better to just actually shoot it. Because when you true a gun, you're also compensating for shooter habit. Is the scope exactly a quarter of a minute or one-tenth of a mil as they, as they dial out? Sometimes they, they're not all the same. So anyways, um, on day two after class, 30 minutes of class, we're gonna go straight out and start doing some wind calling practice. We're going to start doing some holdover drills. I have what we call I have target drills, and what we're doing is putting the shooters under pressure again. Again, reinforcing that muscle memory of the seven steps of of good shooting. Seven principles.
2: And these are in uh, in hunting situations. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Especially by the afternoon or day two. Now we're starting to get off the ground. We're going to go from prone to sitting kneeling standing supported unsupported show you lots of tricks with your backpack and your your shooting sticks and the bipod and all the different tools that are available to you um, and then from there we're going to start on day three we're going to start doing drive around courses which is basically golf with a gun <laughs> which is great fun because yes you're shooting over lo- <laughs> yeah yeah you're shooting over rocks and logs and you know real scenarios um, you're shooting life-size targets that we have all over this ranch we have actually you know, it's funny, the Navy came in and did a survey of how many targets we have on this ranch. There's almost 3,000 targets on oh this ranch. Oh my gracious. It's unbelievable. I know there are lots. I know yeah, i idea. It's yeah. that man. It's nuts. Um, so yeah, there's lots of life-size targets, so you're yes. putting, putting some pressure on you. Um, we'll do another drive around in the morning of day four and, and, and tuning it up faster and faster and faster and getting, your, again, that muscle memory and building confidence, which is what it's all about, basically. Yep, right. Um, we want folks to understand the shots they should not make just as much as understand the shots they know they can make so when you look through the scope and go geez I'm just not sure you know don't shoot it's okay it's called it's called hunting not hope I hit it so um, and the last thing we do on day four on a typical precision course is we're gonna do what we call the hair in the scope drill and this is we're gonna get everybody on the line and it's out to 500 yards and it's different angles different shots and different shooting scenarios, and we're going to count down and put you under pressure. There's never been a person yet in the thousands of people that have been here that didn't stand up and go, "Oh my God, that was fun." But it, but it's, it's pressure. And and we're, it is what pressure. we're trying to get you to do is understand the, 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 the secret of <clears throat> slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Tune me out because I'm the one counting down, going ten, nine, eight, you know, and putting people under pressure. I've actually had people tell me to shut up. And I won't.
2: No, of course uh, not. No,
3: of course not. So, um, but it's it's what you're doing is learning in that scenario also, and throughout the four days, we're also teaching you how to deal with your guide, your professional hunter. I've actually had professional hunters bump my arm, saying, "Hurry, shoot! Hurry, shoot!" I've right. actually okay, had yeah. to tell them to shut up. Yeah, exactly. Leave me alone. Yeah. Tell me the animal to shoot, and I will shoot it when I'm ready. And so we want people to understand the importance of taking control of the hunt because it is your hunt. And so what we're doing is is really building confidence, and everything you've learned over four days is now coming together in this one drill, and it's just great fun.
2: It is. It is an absolute blast doing that. Uh, One of the things that you you've mentioned out here, but in the past, is acceptable reticle movement. A R, what you call A R M, acceptable reticle movement. Right what what does that mean because in in you mentioned telling people knowing when to take a shot or not to Mm -hmm. take a shot Mm -hmm. and as people get really excited particularly if they that reticle may swing in a figure eight it may go in circles it may go any kind of direction often on the target and at the same time i've heard you talk about don't ever slap the trigger right kind of explain those two things how they come together with it how do you know when you've got acceptable reticle movement enough to where you can gently tug the trigger and not slap the trigger?
3: Right. Well, Larry, to, to start with, this is why we start in the prone, and we help people build what we call a good house. Yes. Which helps you achieve the arm, A-R-M, right. which is acceptable reticle movement. So here's the scenario. You have an elk out there at 350 yards, which is a pretty common distance for a, an, in the Rocky Mountains for an elk. And you've got, I personally, I think a, a nine-inch kill zone is acceptable. Yes, right. Uh, some people say it's 12, whatever. I'm not going to argue over that, but 9's a good... If yes. 12's acceptable, then 9's really acceptable. But 9's better, as far as I'm
2: concerned. So right.
3: if you're wobbling in your scope 9 inches, why would you even begin to start to pull the trigger? I mean, the danger of missing that 9-inch kill zone is way increased. So what we try to teach them is if you've got if you've got a 9-inch kill zone or a 6-inch kill zone or an 18-inch kill zone, right. you can live with a third of the kill zone wobble, okay? So if you've got a nine-inch kill zone and you're wobbling three inches, hey, forget about the wobble, move on to step two and step three and step four and step five, okay? Because you're going to be in that kill zone. But if you've got a lot of wobbles, say nine inches or more, you need to fix it. Before you start going to step two, you've got to fix right. that. So actually, arm is step two. So build your house and then get acceptable out yes, right. So what happens, in our opinion, is a lot of people in the hunting world, and trust me, I've seen me do it, is you've got too much wobble, and people start to start to want to time the shot. Yes. So the muzzle's swinging from one side of the kill zone to the other, and all of a sudden they say, I want the bullet to go right. Bam! And they smash the trigger. The problem with that concept is it's physically impossible. Every human being is wired. If you accelerate your trigger finger, you've jerked your shoulder. Yes. The problem with that is what's attached to the shoulder? Your gun. Your gun. <laughs> now all of a sudden you've moved the muzzle inches right. off intended target. So we, we try to get people to understand, okay, breathing, get acceptable reticle movement. Once you've got, let's say, one-third of the kills on wobble or less, then move on to the next step, which is step three in this case. And st- slowly breathing out, front sight focus, trigger control, squeeze, 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 and fight the urge to smash the trigger. Because if you smash the trigger, you might get a lucky hit, but more often than not, you're not.
2: Right. I also notice a lot of times, and, and I used to do this. Used to be really bad about it. As soon as I pulled the trigger, I wanted to look over the scope to see, rather than stay on the scope, stay on the animal, to look to see where the where the animal went. Right. What happens when you do that? Generally? Yeah. Well, we, we call that
3: riding the bull. So after the gun's gone off, you don't lift your head off the gun. The first no. thing you do, keep your keep your eye on the scope, recycle the bolt, and be ready to shoot again. Because if you pull your head off the gun, now all you have in your hands is a club. Yes. You can't see the target. You can't do anything about the fact that the animal might have run off. He might be dead, and he's running on a dead animal running on his feet, which happens a lot. Oh, yeah. But you've lost your opportunity to to shoot him again and make sure he's dead. And so also one of the big reasons we teach people to keep their head on their gun is a lot of people develop what they're shooting big guns. Right. So they develop what we call recoil anticipation. Yes. And so what happens is you find yourself, you can actually watch people, we slow motion video people all the time, so as they're squeezing the trigger, their cheek pressure starts relieving off their gun, Mm -hmm. and what they're doing is lifting their head off their gun as they're squeezing the trigger. Well, all you're doing is allowing the the muzzle to move. Yeah. And if you're lifting your head off your gun while you're shooting, guess what you're not doing? You're not focusing on the front sight. Right. And so the importance... There's, there's several reasons to do it, but one of the most important is don't move your head. Just keep it, get it locked on the gun. Keep it there. You've got a good sight alignment and start slowly squeezing the trigger.
2: It makes all the difference in the world. And I mean, one of the things of, of being able to come out here is to watch other people, but also to have to see me do the, the ridiculous things that I've done in the past. It's, it's so easy to develop bad habits. Uh, I know one time I, I got to, for whatever reason, I used to never flinch, but all of a sudden I d- developed a very bad flinching thing. And I came out here and I said, and Dog was here, and uh, Doug Pritchard, and I said, uh, Dog, I need help. And so he, he, t- oh, that's shoot, okay. So he videoed me with his, with his phone or whatever. He goes, okay, this is what you're doing. Okay, don't do this, don't do this. And then we got me off of that to where, mm-hmm. and part of that was that anticipation or, mm-hmm. or something. I had no idea why, why I did it, but, I knew that I did it, and I knew I needed to do something about it. Right. And to me, this was the ideal place to come. Yeah. No,
3: it works. I it's a funny story. I I did the same thing one time and what had happened is I got badly scoped on a on a big my four uh, yeah. five eight wind mag with a scope. And what had happened is I was shooting at an extreme uphill angle, just a particular weird circumstance in Africa. And I actually got bumped and not bumped, I got smacked <laughs> and and I knew better, and I knew it was going to hurt when I fired the shot right. because it was just at a terrible angle and had to be a quick shot, killed the animal, but I immediately developed a, a recall anticipation issue mm-hmm. and Doug spent about uh, Doug was one of the original founders of this school, right, of yeah. course. um Doug spent about oh ninety days with me every time we had some time off, we'd go down to the range and i I mean I had a one, one, years and years ago, I actually broke my nose on a double gun with a scope on it. Ow. And so yeah, that would make I, I, in the back of my brain, I've got this, ooh, this is going to hurt. Yeah. And so you, you start pulling your head off the gun, and you start smashing the trigger, bad habit, really bad habit. So Doug worked with me and you know how he got me over it? No. With my glasses on, he would take a pencil with the eraser right. and make me keep my eyes open and tap, the, tap my glasses in both eyes. He would force. Ooh, he would I, force me yeah, he, to watch yes. the pencil coming, and keep my eye open and not blink my eye, and it worked. So there's lots of tricks like that to get people they're, through they're that really recoil is. anticipation. Yeah,
2: they, they didn't do that with me. Just but he showed me. Said this is what you're yeah, doing, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. and I was able to correct it. But right. that's a fantastic way. Right. You can even teach yourself. Sure you can to do that. Just yep. just hitting that. Interesting. So if you're if you're listening and you've developed a flinching problem, go get you a pair of glasses. If you don't wear glasses or maybe sunglasses or safety glasses, And
3: right. just right.
2: That's an absolutely fantastic way. Well,
3: we one of our favorite sayings is "Watch the bullet all the way to the target." And what we're trying to emphasize there is the importance of following the bullet all the way to the target, so you don't you stay away from closing your eye when the trigger goes right.
2: Off. And to me, that has several other implications. Oh, that other way, you know immediately where yeah. the bullet. That's and, right. The beauty of muzzle brakes is even with some of our better gun, bigger guns, not Mm -hmm. better guns necessarily, but bigger guns, you can literally see the bullet impact. Sure. Because it reduces the recall that much. So it's a little bit louder, but if you were hearing protection or whatever, it's worth it, I'll tell you. I've come to learn that. I was never very much of a, a hearing protection person. Obviously, we're doing this, folks, in Tim's office right now, so don't pay attention to the phones. Usually, it's ringing even a little bit more than this, but I think you're catching it outside for us. You you talked about double guns. Let's talk a little bit about the dangerous game course that you have here. Tell me about it. Somebody is, is and I've found myself coming back to do this, even though I've been on dangerous game hunts for like buffalo and elephant and those kind of things. But somebody's going on their first hunt, or maybe it's their 30th safari that they're going on, and they're hunting dangerous game. To me, this is one of the most fantastic places, not one of. It is the most fantastic place to come to train for those kind of hunts. So tell me a little bit about the, the dangerous game courses that you do here.
3: Well, Larry, you know, one of the important things I think people need to understand about hunting dangerous game is if it's your first dangerous game hunt, or even, like you say, if it's your 30th, Do you really know what you are going to do when it goes bad? And it's just a matter of time before you have a bad experience. A buffalo charge from nowhere, an elephant, a tuskless cow came after you, which you've had happen. We've all had (laughs) it happen. And so what we're trying to do is build confidence in you so that you're just... In a muscle memory fashion, you're going to react the right way.
2: Right. So not you're going not going to throw your gun down and really start running. You're not thinking about what you're doing. And you you do just do it instinctively do it, exactly. You did it automatically. Right. Yeah. Okay.
3: So uh, the
2: the beauty of the safari course
3: is the first two days, if you're doing the five night, four day course, and I'll explain that in a minute. Right. Um, the first two days of the safari course is precision. Yes.
2: So you're
3: going to be shooting your medium cow guns mm-hmm. before you go on to the big boards. Right. Because we want to get good shooting principles instilled before we go to the big boar guns, which which tend to get shot a little differently than your lighter-kicking m- medium guns. Sorry, that's the... the yeah, like I said, the, we're Tim's yeah, office. Yeah. We've got...
2: Uh, the, the military's
3: yeah. here, and one yeah. of the ranges <laughs> just went hot. So, um, anyways, what we're trying to do is get people to just instinctively react in a, in a proper way um, for the appropriate circumstance at the time. But look, what we do, we start out with what we call snap drills, which are very up close, 5, eight, ten yards. You're shooting life-size buffalo targets vinyl targets and we're going through muzzle discipline training which is horrendously important in africa i can't tell you how many times we see videos and we just cringe with muzzle discipline on these safaris it's nuts because we practice and we preach constantly about never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy and so um yeah we're focusing on muzzle discipline how to walk with a gun and turn instinctively without falling over a log or tripping over a rock. We're going through a lot. And it seems real simple. And somebody might say, well, I don't need that. But you'd be shocked how many people don't think they need it. Need You're right. It and
2: they really do. Yes, sir.
3: And so you, all of a sudden, you've got a buffalo charging from your left or from your right. And we're going through all those those tricks. Um, and then we're going to we're gonna start getting you on sticks, quick reactionary stick work, you know, like the African shooting right. sticks, which are a staple in every safari. Oh, yes. um, so how to set those up quickly. How to get more stable on the sticks. We're also going to teach you what your limitations are. A single point stick, or in other words, a, a set of shooting sticks without any other support, everybody, I don't care who you are, has their limitation. My personal limitation is about 150 yards. Yes, sir. Other yes, than sir. that, I'm, I'm past a six inch kill zone. I just I start wobbling too much, and most people do. We do get the odd guy that can nail things at three, three nine inch plate at 300 yards, and that's phenomenal. But generally, to get better than that or to get further distance shots than that, and there's a lot of people that make those shots in Africa and wish they didn't. You know, like a 300-yard Gems buck off a single-point set of sticks, it's really a hard shot. Yes. yes. So we show them two-stick tricks where you put one under your armpit or on your elbow. Um, we even show them how to set up the gun on two sticks, which is almost as good as a bench wrist. And then you can use your bipod. A lot of people would say, well, I don't bring my bipod with me on my hunts. And, eh, you need to think about it. I take it everywhere I go. You can flip that left leg down and squeeze the bipod leg together with the front of the sticks together, and you'd be surprised it how much it reduces really your wobble. It really locks that front
2: end down for you. Yep. It does. Yeah. So,
3: so we spend, uh, you know, two-thirds of a day going through a lot of principles like that with your big bore guns, and then from there we start tuning it up, and we're going to start doing some chargers, go through a lot of evolutions of charging elephants and buffaloes, and then we're going to do some... some it's very common as you well know when you shoot a buffalo off he goes to the left or to the right um they're tough animals and you can hit him through the heart and he's still going to run that's right and so we're teaching you quick reactionary re-engage 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 practice and then that that exciting charging drills and and quick action drills we call them are going to last all the way through about almost halfway through the fourth day and then from there, we're going to go to our Dangerous Game Trail, where it's literally a trail where you never know what's going to come out at you. It's got...
2: You don't, and I mean, it is, I mean, I'm here to tell you, it's like the real thing. Yeah, it, it, it It's is. the closest thing to the real thing that you can get.
3: It is. There's three buffalo on that trail, animated. Shh, don't tell them how many. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, And we're adding more, by the way. Uh-oh, <laughs> that's uh, not of that was There's happened. lions, leopards, elephants, <laughs> hippos, hippos, crocs, all kinds of, so it's called the Dangerous Game Trail. Yes, sir, right. And it's a walkthrough course. It's just great fun. I mean, I've never had anybody yet that just wasn't overwhelmed with joy and excitement
2: over And again, like I say, it's very, very mm. real. Mm. It, it's this is almost the exact same situations in terms of the thickness of the brush and all those other kind of things that you run into when you do do it right do get into africa to do those things right
3: right and we're teaching you some tricks that you can use with your ph um, to get more comfortable and don't yes. be so intimidated by the whole scenario uh, again keeping good muscle discipline the whole time good reactionary uh, training and discipline and um, it's just it, it, we just keep it fun and keep it lively and whether it's a, a child women men whatever my favorite scenario larry i'll, I'll tell you in summary okay we, we see it all the time women are smart yes they admit when they need help and we yes. get a lot of a lot of wives or moms or whatever that want to get into hunting you know they're tired of following the husband around they want to do this So women are smart because they'll call us up and say, look, I want to come through the course, and my husband doesn't think he needs it. Uh, That's fine. Have him come in as an (laughs) observer. Some husbands show up and are a student also. Right. But they make it very plain on the first night. Well, I'm just here for my wife. I really don't need this. Well, by the morning of day two, she is smoking him. I mean, she is out shooting him beyond belief. (laughs) Pretty soon you look, you see his face like... Ooh, I guess I need to start paying attention yeah, here. I
2: can't so maybe it. you could learn something. So <laughs>
3: it, it's just great fun. And it's whether you're new to shooting or whether again whether we've had many of the Award, Weatherby Award winners here and just had a blast. Just yes. a ton of fun.
2: Yes. Yeah, this is such a special place. One of the things that I enjoy I love to eat, the food is outstanding here <laughs> to begin with. But to me a lot of time that's spent after the evening in, during the evening, the mm-hmm. debriefing or whatever you want to call it, is just the, the telling of the hunting stories. You mentioned earlier that there was somebody showed up here, there were what, twelve people and, and
3: Yeah, normally here's what here's the way we run things. We run two classes max at any one time and it could be a safari and a precision, or right. it could be two precisions or whatever and we'll have one instructor team which is two people with every six people and so if you have 12 guests which is what we could max have in a sam environment yes i'm not talking corporate but no right um, or military so you're going to show up you could show up and you're going to have 11 new friends within 48 hours they are going to all be your friends because everybody's going through the same emotions the same trials, the same tribulations. They're getting pissed off at themselves because they didn't have a good day, or they blew a shot this afternoon. Right. That they, you know, it's it, one of my favorite sayings is is just because you've been here doesn't mean you'll never miss again. But when you do miss, you're going to know exactly. You why, you know why. And, exactly and You're going to know why exactly. You're going to know
2: why to the point to where the next time you correct that. That's right. Or you should right. be able to self
3: correcting <laughs> So it's not uncommon to have big groups come in that didn't know each other before they get here, and they're rebooking next year. Um, you know, because, it, Larry, we just had a guy finish his 17th course.
2: Oh, my gracious. Well, and, I can understand that Well, and, and these look, are so much fun to well, come well, to. Well,
3: and here, here's what happens. We're all busy, and we don't go to the range and practice like we should. None of us no, do. No, and a lot of and, places
2: we don't have that facility exactly, available to us. Exactly,
3: and shooting, in my opinion, is one of the most imperishable skills on earth. Imperishable, I like that. The yes, best sir. golfers have a coach, period. Yes. And because you can't see yourself shooting, you can't see yourself golf. And so you get into bad habits or bad cycles or whatever. And this gentleman, he goes on two big hunts a year, generally one in the summer or spring and one in the fall. And he comes here before every single hunt for it. And he does the three-night, two-day thing, which is, we look, we have, we have the precision and the safari and then variations of those. Yes, or right. The normal course is five nights, four days, which I recommend for first-timers. And I'm really not trying to upsell anybody, but we can only teach so much in three nights, two days we'd, we'd, we'd uh, launched the three-night, two-day, what we call safari prep or precision prep class for postgraduates And I get it. Some people literally don't have five nights, four days. I understand that. So they come through the three-night, two-day, and that's great. At least they're going to leave here a lot better than when they got here. But it's never failed yet. The first guy who'd never been here before, and he comes through the three-night, two-day course, when he's driving off the driveway down, the, down to the front gate, he's saying to himself... Man, I should have done the five-night, four-day course. But but I get it. right. So I I, I get it. And so a lot of people, you know, they'll go through the five-night, four-day course, and then year after year after year after year, they're going to go get ready for their hunts by coming through the three-night, two-day course. Just get tuned back up. Knock the rust off, as we say.
2: Tim, you and I are both members of Dallas Fire Club. You and I Mm -hmm. both sit on the DSCF Foundation. Let's get a few words from those guys for just a few minutes. And I want to come back and ask you about one more combination, the, the, the Sam Hunt, Operation. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you still have those. Oh, yeah. so let's get a few words from those guys and we'll come right back. Richard, you've been involved with the Frontline Foundation, which is an absolutely fantastic organization. Tell people what Frontline Foundation is and maybe
1: a little bit about the history of it. Yeah, the Frontline Foundation was designed and set up to provide a, a fund of money readily accessible to support. Uh, uh, professional hunters and members of their staff that place themselves in danger to and and, and to uh, uh, through through providing professional hunting services to those of us over here that travel across the ocean or go up to Canada or Alaska to hunt. Uh, we recognize that that when they these individuals are hurt in the course of providing professional hunting services, there's a lot of people that want to support them, but it takes a while, and it might take 60 or 90 days or six months to do it. And about eight or nine years ago, a handful of us sitting around a campfire, a friend of ours who was killed by an elephant, right, um, and and the idea came up that said, "What what can we do to to, 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 to remedy this? What can we do to, to 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 put money in the hands of the the family, the widow, the children, uh, or even the individual that's seriously hurt that's right. lost six months' worth of wages?" And so the the genesis for the Frontline Foundation came up. We've since or the Frontline Foundation Board has since expanded the mission to include uh, providing benefits to the families of game scouts and rangers and professional hunters who were also hurt, killed during the course of providing anti-poaching services. Yes, sir. And uh, we just became aware of an incident today in Botswana that I think the Frontline Board is going to take a long, hard look at. But but uh, it's been a very effective program and extremely well received. We, we don't charge anybody anything. It's all done by donations that have been uh, raised. We set up a 501c3 corporation, um, gosh, it's probably been six or seven years now, I served as president for the first couple of years, and, and uh, developed uh, we developed eligibility requirements. Um, and then every year, we, you know, we, we we hope we never have to fund anything, but realistically, we do. And every year, DSC Frontline Foundation uh, issues grants for, for, for anywhere from two to, to half a dozen uh, 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 beneficiaries. And we're still unknown enough to where we we reach oftentimes we reach out to people as opposed to reaching out to them when we hear about a particular incident it's in my mind it's easily one of the best things that 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 we've ever done that Dallas Safari Club has ever done it's greatly appreciated by the outfitters um, and and certainly the 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 families of the outfitters who tragically lost their lives Uh, And it all began around a campfire out of the ranch in Brownwood, Texas, with three past presidents, Um, quickly uh, got involved with the folks at Safari Classics who were also on the board, and it really turned into something special.
2: It really is. I've had the opportunity to experience this firsthand <laughs> with uh, some P.H.s that were injured that we were able to take a check, too. Yeah. And it was amazing. That was really the only money he and his family had coming in. Were it not for that, it helped with the doctor bills, but it also helped a little bit with the, the day-to-day life. that They were. They didn't have any food. They couldn't buy any food.
1: People don't so, understand that, that a professional hunter over there, many of them operate on a contract basis. If they're not working way, in the field, they've
2: got no money coming That's the out. way this was. And, I mean, he was going to be out of pocket for the better part of a year, plus all the, the surgeries and the therapy and everything else that was involved with it. So it, it's an amazing organization. How, how can people contribute
1: to this? It, like I said, it's a 501c3 corporation. People can learn more about it on their website, which is org. Um, and I believe they also have a, a, a donate button on their website. I think, I think there is one there, yes. That. Right. Um, they they uh, they have a Frontline uh, Foundation Facebook page, which features <laughs> stories of, of the people that they were and the families that they have been able to help. Um, and also testimonials from others in the industry saying what a great initiative this is. Um, and so I would say... Uh, uh, if you have the wherewithal and it's something, if you had a great experience with a professional hunter and you just want to do something and honor and memory of those that, that really did place themselves at the front line, then go make a donation. Um, help us build up that pot uh, so that when when a when a when a, uh, an eligible uh, individual comes up or family comes up and the need is there, that we're able to do it. It's it has been very well received, but but uh, as the program continues to become more and more known, we're gonna more and more people are gonna make claims, there's gonna be more and more demand on it. We wanna be in a position to help everybody that's eligible. And and, and Frontline Foundation can only do that with financial support.
2: Thank you, guys. Really appreciate everything that Dallas Safari Club does. And, of course, if you want to learn more about DSC, the best thing to do is to go to www.biggame.org. Again, here with, with Tim Fallon with FTW Ranch and the Sportsman All-Weather, All-Terrain Marksmanship Training. Tim, we've talked about so many different things, but this FTW Ranch is, is what, several thousand acres of absolutely fantastic game Habitat and you've got a variety of game here, from native white tailed deer to some introduced species as well too. Right. And I know that you offer some hunts here, but also as a part you can you can do a a, a SAM and a training and a hunt in the same trip, right?
3: Yes sir, you sure can. Larry, we focus on the animals here that are no longer huntable where they're indigenous from. Yes. But they have to do well in our rugged mountains, so I wouldn't have things like an eld's deer or a scimitar horned or Right. So we have things like the Turkmen marcor and the Nubian ibex and Iranian red sheep and trans-caspian that sort of thing, Chinese blue sheep, et cetera. Um, all those species are no longer huntable where they're indigenous from. So um, one of the one of the many things that we do, a lot of people don't realize we do, we actually do a lot of, buying and selling in and out of the zoo industry so we have a, a large breeding operation for those animals right the males will you generally age out into an aging pen for a year to three years and then release to the wild you know we are twelve thousand acres and it's 32 miles of high fence i get it it is high fence but like but, most,
2: but only you and i see the high fence. Uh, yeah, those animals don't even well feed. and you know it's most
3: people fence. don't realize in texas we high fence not to keep things in it's to keep, keep things other out.
2: things out. That's right. Things so I've out. got a
3: herd of a quarter million dollars with of Nubian Ibex out in the wild. All it would take is one domestic goat. <laughs> and I've got a problem. And you got a problem. And, right. Yeah. So anyways, but yes, we set up a program called the Sam Hunt Combo. And so if people want to hunt a whitetail or they've been interested in axis deer or whatever, um, it's the Sam Hunt Combo is two days of, of all training. And then we start hunting in the morning and the afternoon on day three and four and train during the middle of the day. And it's great for families, it's great for kids, for their first deer, you know, whatever. We let people shoot our wild hogs for free, which we're trying to eradicate and never will, of course. But, um, no, it's, and it's, a, it's really good, especially for the kids because it's Great and, family. It, yes, and it's great not— Great family. Like in a regular SAM course, you'll shoot anywhere from 260 to 280 rounds. In a SAM combo, you're going to shoot about 160 to 180. Right. So it's a little less shooting. And then, Larry, just so the folks know, we have a very large loaner pool of guns— so if you don't own a gun, you're thinking about buying a new gun, or you want a new style of gun, don't buy it till after you get here. Right. Because you can try any of our guns, um, and, and and learn. Gee, maybe I like this Remington, or I like this Winchester, or I like this Ruger, or I like the Blazer, or whatever. Right. All the gun companies keep guns here in our loaner pool because they like the way we teach. We teach ethics, and um, it's not cool to wound an animal. And so, what commonly happens is a guy will bring his three-in-a-windmag Geiger or gal, and it doesn't have a muzzle break. And there is no way they're going to shoot that thing four days because they're going to start getting recoil anticipation. And We are not going to let that happen. We're going to stop
2: exactly. We'll right. just give them Perfect. one of our
3: six-five Creedmoors or whatever, and, and sort of with the same sort of scope. So they're getting all the same training without all the recoil. So it's a great place to learn about what kind of gun and scope you want to buy. And if you and if you, uh, you know, if you've got a gun that's not really conducive to shooting a lot then you can use one of our, our rental guns and um, use it. And maybe it'll look in a perfect world. After people have been here once, the t- next trip in, typically they're going to bring their main hunting gun, which might be a 300-wind mag or a 7 mag or whatever, for the you know, the, to hunt North America with. And then they'll bring a 6.5 Creedmoor or a 308 or something like that, lighter kicking gun with the same scope. So, right. you, again, you're going to shoot... Your, your, your Creedmoor, your 308, forty or fifty times a day, and you shoot your three in a Win Mag maybe ten times a day. So you're not getting all the recoil, and you're getting the same training because you got the same sort of scope on it.
2: Exactly. Maybe yeah. you have the same scope, and yeah, maybe you, the maybe the same model rifle. I know, like right. with the, the uh, Ruger FTWs, right. you've got everything. I guess from 6.5, and I think you're still doing the, three, uh, 375. All the way up to 375, 375. So you yeah. basically got the exact same gun. You put the same scope on it. The yep. same action is there. You still got three-stage yep. safety on the thing and, yep. and there's length is still should be the same so it's just like shooting one of those bigger caliber guns but at a lesser caliber and and a lot less cost and a lot less cost that <laughs> is right, true yeah. too. <laughs> Tim with all these things that you're doing here to tell people how the best way to get in touch with with you or to get in touch with the ranch here in case they'd like to come and again I want to stress my my grandkids hunted here with tim he time my granddaughter shot her first animals here and and uh kids are extremely welcome we've got a military group in here right now and there's a young man that's here with his dad and and, and right now but this is a a child friendly place yep we love kids you gotta you gotta pay it
3: forward yes Actually, you do <laughs> you have to pay it forward so listen larry the easiest way to reach us is uh You can go to our website, which is www.ftwsaam.com, so it's ftwsaam.com, or call us at 830-234-4366, and uh, you can email us through the website, so that's the easiest way to reach us. Or reach out to me personally. It's Tim Fallon, F A L L O N at FTWSAM.com. dot
2: You mind reading the uh, website and the uh, no, not at all, and, it's, the, and the phone number, both please, just in case. Uh, it, the
3: the website is is um, wwwf as in Foxtrot Tango Whiskey, ftw, F-T-W yes. Sierra Alpha Alpha Mike, S A A M. So it's FTWSAAM.com. and the phone number here is eight three zero two three four four
2: three six six tim thank you so very much thank you for all the years that you you've done this and all the years you're going to be doing it mm-hmm. and people have no idea how much this place will mean to them until they come here the first time and then it becomes like a secondary home like that for me but thank you so very much i want to come back with you a little bit later and maybe at another time and we'll talk about some of the hunts and some of your thoughts about hunting and, and where hunting is headed in the future
3: Perfect. Thanks, Larry. Good Thank being you. with you again, buddy.
2: I appreciate you so very much, sir. Thank you. DSC's Untamed Heritage is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, conservation, education, protecting hunters' rights. Ruger, rugged, reliable firearms. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, callness calls made. Texas Wildlife Association, working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products, the scent gods, www.trailingthehuntersmoon.com, the Hunter Conservation's website.